just just sit here. I got my peppermint tea. To, not uh, coffee? No, it's nine o'clock at night. I would die. <laughs> oh, man. I forget that does uh, that to people. Oh, I lost my taste. Wait, you lost your taste? I lost my taste. It is just now coming back after two weeks, and it was awful. It was it was awful. Like, I couldn't tell the difference between sparkling water and soda. They all tasted exactly the same. Dude, you had COVID. I, I did have COVID. So there's been a lot that's happened to both <laughs> of us very recently, and it's been... Uh, whew. It's been it's been a lot to handle uh, on my side. There's been a lot of people we have known or known of who've passed away. Yeah, I had COVID. I was sick. I was out, uh, and, and honestly, that's minor compared to everything else that's happened to us. Yeah, I mean to both of us, especially if you just like lost your taste and all. Like that's not that bad. No, it's it's really not. I was kind of down and just exhausted for probably four days. I just couldn't do anything. I, I didn't go to work. Thankfully, it kind of landed on a weekend, so I didn't really miss much work. You know, I waited till I got better and all that. But then once I was better, I just thought, okay, I can't really taste. I've had colds and stuff before where I couldn't taste for a day or two. So I was like, no big deal. But it was like a week later, and I was like, I still can't taste. Everything tastes the same. And it's like, it's a total, you can't taste a thing, like not a single thing. Yeah. I only had that for a very short period of time. It was probably only like five or six days where I really couldn't taste anything. Like it all tasted the same. Um, So I got my taste back pretty quickly. I know you didn't have yours for, what, a month? Well, I mean, it's, there's still foods that don't taste quite right. Like it's very slowly recovering. But hey, it is recovering. So yeah, like so, I'm drinking peppermint tea right now, and I can finally taste the peppermint. I've actually been drinking because it was, you know, kind of my sick tea and stuff. And well, I just actually really like peppermint tea, but I couldn't taste it. It just tasted like hot water, and there was like this tingling sensation (laughs) on my tongue that like peppermint leaves you with. So yeah, it, it was it was very strange and. I've never experienced anything like that. Do you know those watermelon gummies that you took to (laughs) Colorado? Yeah, those sour watermelon things. Yeah, they're like knockoff watermelon sour patch kids, but they tasted so much better in my opinion. I don't really like the the watermelon sour patch kids. Uh, I like the actual sour patch kids ones, but the watermelon ones are just kind of boring to me. But those like Walmart brand... (laughs) <laughs> those were really good. I, I really, really like those. And so we went to a NASCAR race recently and we stopped at Walmart first. And this is kind of when I realized that, okay, my taste probably isn't coming back for a little while. <laughs> and we, we stopped and got snacks and stuff and, you know, lunch before we went. And I got some of those and I was like, oh man, I can't wait to have these. I got in the car, opened the bag, put one in my mouth, started chewing it. And I was like, that's weird. Maybe it's... <laughs> this is disgusting. Maybe it just... Yeah, I was like, it just tastes like I'm chewing uh, like a soft wax, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, and so I, I handed one to my friend Tim and I was like, hey, try these. And I, I didn't say anything. I didn't say they don't taste like anything. I, I just asked him to try them. He's like, man, those are really good. It's a really good watermelon flavor. And I was like... <laughs> I can't taste anything. <laughs> and I asked the rest of the people in the car and they could all taste it, but I couldn't. So I was like, oh, cool. That's that's fantastic. I did I had the similar thing whenever my taste went away. We were on a trip and we were like getting near our house and we had these bag this bag of lime chips because 
like everyone in our family likes lime chips. Anyway, I was like, these are so bland. I was like, they call these lime. I'm like, I can't even taste any lime in these at all. These are so disgusting. And they're like, uh, these taste like a lot like lime. It's so disappointing because you feel like you're missing out on a big part of the world. It was miserable, but... I tell you, it was hard to eat when you can't taste. Yeah, it, it really was. I actually lost a little bit of weight, so it wasn't a bad thing. I mean, not that I'm super overweight, but definitely could afford to lose a few pounds. And I was like... <laughs> I just didn't feel like eating as much anymore because it's like, what's the point? It all tastes the same. It doesn't matter what I eat. So I was eating healthier foods that I didn't normally like, like just munching on a carrot or something. Because at least I get the texture with that. It's crunchy and more fun to eat. I just don't normally do that because it just doesn't taste as good. Anyways, you guys just got hit by a hurricane. Well, our area got hit by a hurricane. We were supposed to get hit by a hurricane, but it kind of went like, a few miles to the east of us, so we didn't directly get hit by one. But yeah, our power was out for a week. So yeah, what we did was, it was so fun. You called me like right in the middle. We were- Yes, Sunday night. A bunch of us were out on the balcony. The storm was picking up and we all went out on the balcony and we're just sitting there feeling the wind and the mist. And it was super fun. I stayed out there until one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And, like, some of those gusts, like, whenever you get a 90-mile-an-hour gust or whatever max was, it's like, this is cool. Yeah, that is crazy. And and you guys really didn't get hit that badly, which I'm very thankful for. I, I know a lot of people around you got really, really hit. Just your power was out for a week, and I know there's people there who still don't have power and, and probably won't for a while weeks yeah hey we did get to see a tree fall down though like about 30 feet in front of us so that was cool you watched it yeah was it in your front yard yeah it was the one like you know where the picnic table used to be right there yeah yeah right in front of that pond yeah so a third of it fell because it's like three trees that all kind of grew out of the same stump and a third of it fell and it basically landed with inches to spare from hitting our neighbor's car and we watched it fall. It was kind of cool. Oh, my goodness. So it fell across the fence. Is there a fence there? There is no fence there. It fell and demolished. There's a, like a line of crepe myrtles, and it demolished one of them. Okay. <laughs> that's right. Yep. That's. I guess that's what I was thinking the fence was. But, yeah, it was just the crepe myrtles. Man, that is, that is just crazy. So, so I guess I don't know my hurricane... I don't know, calculations enough, but I, I don't know what... Because you had, like, sustained 60-mile-per-hour winds, right? Uh, I think, yeah, I think the highest at our house was, or in our city, was around 60 miles an hour. That means, like, you get gusts of probably up to 80, 90 miles an hour. But, yeah, sustained okay. 60 for just a little bit. So is that considered a tropical storm? Yes, that would be considered a tropical storm. It has to be over 73 to be a hurricane. Gotcha. Okay. Man, you'd think I'd know this living in Florida. I know. I was like, you get hit by probably more hurricanes than we do. But to me, it's just a Tuesday. (laughs) Hey, we were looking up hurricane stuff, and we found, you know, we have to look up the biggest storm. And the biggest one was Hurricane Patricia. And it had one-minute sustained winds of 200 and I think it was 218 mile an hour. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. I've never even driven that fast. I've never been on the, like, in a vehicle on the ground moving that fast no not even close not even half that for me nascar drivers don't normally get up to that speed yeah imagine the wind being sustained for over a minute like that that is insane i don't know that it made landfall with winds that high 
I think it was still Cat 5 when it made landfall, but I know its highest recorded was that, which is crazy. And you see, like, they obviously evacuated the um, the place where it hit, but it literally just flattened everything. Yeah, I can't imagine anything standing in the way of that. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, I'm really glad you guys didn't get hit with anything <laughs> that major. Uh, I know it was an inconvenience in y'all's life for sure. Okay, I got to ask. When the power was out for that long, because it's been a little while since I've had that happen to me for, for that amount of time, you know, we, we get it every now and then a couple of days, but it's been a while since it's been a week. Did it feel like your life like had to kind of slow down and pause or was it just eh, normal? Okay. So it's funny that you mentioned that because it did feel like that. And it kind of frustrated me because of like work and all that. There's like things I need to get done, but it's like everything. It's like, oh, I need to do this. And it's like, Oh, it would be really nice if we had power. And it just, it like forces you to slow down, but it's kind of like you don't want to slow down. And so it's kind of frustrating in that way. But then again, it kind of like we all had to, we all slept upstairs because those are the only two rooms that we could have with AC in them. So it was like, and we got to plug in our TV and watch some old DVDs we had. So, I mean, <laughs> that was kind of fun, but it did make us slow down. Do people even have DVDs anymore? I didn't even know that was a thing. I know. We still do have DVDs, unfortunately. But I'm telling you, DVDs and CDs are kind of like a one-generation thing. Like, they're gone. Yeah. Uh, so my parents were cheap growing up. So we had uh, dial-up internet. Yeah, I, I'm not that old, but I still remember dial-up internet. We had VHS players. You know, well after DVDs were were a thing, we still only had a VHS player. And, uh, you know, it, it's weird to me. I, I was talking to some kids recently, and, like, they legitimately didn't know what that was. Like, they didn't know what a cassette was. They didn't know what a VHS was. And it's even weirder to think that soon kids won't even know what a DVD is. Nope. Just, I mean, Strange. you think about kids being born now. When are they going to see or use a DVD ever in their life? There's no need to. No. There's no need to. Not at all. Except for when the power goes out. <laughs> Even though we still had 3G service, so technically we could have just plugged in our phone to the TV and, you know, just streamed something. Yeah. And we have unlimited data, so technically that was completely possible. Yeah, there's like... <laughs> Oh, man, it, it blows my mind how quickly technology has advanced. I did get to see some panic, though. So I don't know if it's like ever since COVID. You know, it's been like this since since I can remember. So the day after the storm, the gas lines, I mean, you could not find gas anywhere. And there were huge, long lines for gas. But, I mean, obviously, a couple days after the storm, you could find the right places to go to get gas. But... Yeah, I mean, you would just see, like, literally a mile-long gas line. And you're like, you're going to run out of gas waiting in line to get gas. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that happens That happens here normally before the hurricane hits. And then once the hurricane hits, it normally calms down. And, you know, that that's it. Like, that's it's just normally the pre-panic is the big deal. And then afterwards, it's fine. Well, everyone had to run their generators on something so yeah for sure especially a week without power I, that's that's a long time dude we were going through like 15 yeah like 15 gallons of gas a day 
for our generators. So, oh my goodness, <laughs> that is a lot. That is especially with current gas prices. That is really expensive. Yes, we did get some other gas cans. So I think we had eight five-gallon gas cans or something like that. But I know other people were not quite as fortunate to have that many five-gallon tanks. No kidding. That's that's a decent amount. I have my one little gallon, and uh, that's it. So, what do you even use that for? Uh, lawnmower. Oh, okay. Yep, just the push mower. So, did you learn anything like through this? Did, did it make you think? And did you have any revelation, or were you just frustrated that the power was out? Well, okay, I didn't learn this, but I really like storms. Like they get me excited. Any natural disaster or storm, flood anything like that really gets my adrenaline going and I just get super excited about it. So I always have a good time, <laughs> which is, I kind of feel bad about because I know a lot of other people are really not having good time, but yeah, I'm like, this is so thrilling and fun. Yeah. But this isn't the first natural disaster y- y'all have been through. Like, do you want to explain what happened before? Like the 2016 flood? Yes. The 2016 flood. <laughs> yeah. So in 2016 in our area, we had this, It wasn't even named system. It was just this moisture from the Gulf that came up. And since we live in South Louisiana, it just sat over us for like two days. And it rained, I think, 30 inches in 24 hours, I believe. And our waterways and ditches and drain things cannot handle that much water. And so it rained and, you know, we got about uh, like our whole yard was covered in water and then started going down and we're like, okay, so we... We didn't flood. We're good. Until five the next morning, whenever our parents wake up to, like, they hear something in the bathroom, like, gurgling. And they're like, what is that? And so the toilet was gurgling. So they look it up on the internet, like, what does that mean? And basically they're like, that means that your water levels are shifting outside pretty much. Basically, it means that water's, like, flowing back from the ditch or whatever into the septic tank or I don't know, something like that. And so they go outside and sure enough, water is starting to come up from our ditch and like come up our front yard. And so I think by about seven o'clock, we, we started having water inside. And so we were all woken up and we took everything from downstairs that we wanted to save upstairs, which was a process. Yeah. Well, just thank goodness y'all have an upstairs to move things to like that. Cause... And a kitchen upstairs. That That is nice to have a kitchen upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Because once everything was said and done, like... Y'all's lives didn't change that much. I mean, other than you had a whole lot more work in front of you. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we ended up, the levels got to about two feet, but we left before then. I think we left whenever it was about probably a foot. Uh, We had, we got to canoe in our house. That was fun. We brought the canoe in to get our grandparents (laughs) out. And so that was, that was cool. You don't get to do that every day. Yeah, th- thank goodness. But we went to a shelter down the road that hadn't flooded. And then some friends from Mississippi came and picked us up. And uh, we stayed the night there, which on the way there, they have a big passenger van. But we had to drive through like a foot of water in some places. It was kind of fun. <laughs> the things you find fun. Okay. <laughs> but the shelter we were staying at ended up flooding. So good thing we left there. Wow. So not much of a shelter. I actually... I honestly didn't realize that. I, I remember you guys getting picked up from your friends, but I didn't realize that the shelter you're staying at flooded. Yep, it did. 
So we heard about that the next day. Were there a lot of people there? Oh, yeah. There was probably, well, it depends on what you mean by a lot, but when we were there, there was probably 300 people. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of people. They were literally transporting people in army trucks, like in the bed of army trucks, like the dump trucks and all that. They would have people load up in there and move places, whatever. Okay, so the National, the National Guard was already there. Yeah, or people who owned military okay. trucks. Like we have what's called the Cajun Navy, where you just have people with boats and equipment, and they just go and help everyone. It's super awesome. <laughs> that is really cool. I, I didn't know about that either. Let's see. We used our canoe and we got everyone out to the road where someone picked us up and brought us to the shelter. Right. But me and two of my siblings were still there. And someone from the quote unquote Cajun Navy came up with their boat and said, hey, we can take you there. So we got in and they drove us out to the road where we went to the shelter. So, yeah, we have a pretty cool system of people here. That that actually is really cool. I'm really glad you guys have that. I I couldn't even tell you if we have anything like that here. I, I really hope we do now. I mean, not that it's ever flooded here. I don't think it ever has. But we definitely have a lot of hurricanes and trees down and stuff like that. And it is strange. Or not strange. It's really cool when disasters like that happen, how so many people pull together for a common cause. Like, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter anything at that moment. It's like we're both people who need help or need to help people who need help. And that's all that matters. It, nothing else matters. And that that is always really cool to me. And It's unity. Yeah, we even came after you guys flooded, uh, me and a couple of friends, to, to help relieve as much as we could. Not that we really ended up doing much, but you know, we, we helped out where we could. Tore down some walls. Yeah, tore down some walls, put some walls up, you know, helped help transport stuff, throw trash. And man, I just remember like how sad it was. Just the moment we, we got into the flood zone, it, it just stunk. Like you could just smell the mildew. I think we came, was it seven or nine days after everything had flooded? It was, it was a decent amount of time afterwards already. And uh, there was still just so, so much to be done. Like we probably could have stayed for six months. Oh yeah. And, still had stuff to do. I, I don't, I mean, we lived in our house upstairs for, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was between six months and a year before we finally moved back downstairs. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, if we had our kitchen downstairs, man, that would have been a lot different. So, I mean, that's a good thing we had our kitchen upstairs because that helped us to be able to stay in our house while we were fixing it. So, okay. So funny thing, you mentioned the, the smell and we might edit this part out, but, um, <laughs> I actually like that smell. Like when we how? <laughs> okay, so like not the super strong stuff, but like we'll open a bin or something that has stuff that's been flooded, or you just smell it if something has been flooded, and it just I don't know, it just like brings up good memories, and it just I don't know, it's like it smells good to me. <laughs> brings up good memories, the smell of mildew. Like I said, I like natural disasters, so it's thrilling. Man, you really need to get involved in like Samaritan's Purse or something like that and go travel and help these people after natural disasters. Well, you know Eight Days of Hope, right? No. Okay. Wow, I thought you'd been part of them before. Okay, so it's basically they pick a natural disaster, like sometimes in other countries like Haiti or whatever, but whenever a place has a natural disaster, they get together a whole bunch of people and go and help out for eight days and like 
they have this whole group and they just go and do whatever is needed. And I've always thought that would be really cool to do. So I, I actually tried to do something similar to that. I was trying to get a hold of Samaritan's Purse and like there was this long process to be able to travel overseas with them and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know about that. But when Cuba, yeah, it was Cuba got hit really hard. I think it was like 2017, something like that. Some of my friends are pilots and they were flying supplies there. And I was trying to find a plane. Like I literally had my backpack already packed and I was trying to find a plane to take me there. And I was just, I was really just going to stay until I could get back. I was going to take my passport and just go and just come back whenever I could. At the time I wasn't working and I, I was about to turn 18 and I was like, you know what? I just graduated. I got nothing going on. I'm just going to go. So what ended up happening? I couldn't find anyone who, who would take me. Oh. They, they all said no. <laughs> so that was really sad. I think I asked like six pilots. I knew two of them and four of them were just... Friend of friend? My pilot friend's friends. Yeah. And so I, I just was trying, desperately trying to ask anybody I could. And uh, it, the reason was really sound. They're like, look, if we take you then that's 180 pounds worth of supplies that we can't take. And I was like, fair enough, fair enough. That, that does make sense. I, I wasn't thinking about that because they have smaller planes. So it's not like a jet plane. Like those big jet planes, they don't really calculate the weight that's going on those planes because they know it can handle it. But when you have a smaller plane, like you literally have to know exact pounds and where those pounds are positioned in the plane before you even take off. So it, it really matters. Yeah. So it made sense, but I was, part of me was sad. Well, and because you weren't quite 18, so yeah, then they have yeah, to. Yeah, that was also a problem. Because so. <laughs> you're not, it, it you're not out, technically though. an adult. It, me so. not going worked out. Well, that's not, so something else happened to you, which I guess isn't huge or into the world, but you recently just got a truck, and I don't know if you actually want to tell the story. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll tell it, because whatever. So, um... I decided after so long, I was like, okay, I need to get a good work truck because I'm starting my pressure washing business. And so I need to look professional and my other truck is, it looks junky and it's, it needs a new transmission. So I'm like, I need a new truck or new quote unquote new. So I got a 2009. Right. I I don't think you'll ever own a new truck. (laughs) No, I don't think so. Especially not after this. Anyway. uh, (laughs) So... I get a 2009 Silverado uh, with like 155,000 miles on it or whatever. It's pretty nice. It was supposedly maintained and all that. And I got it for a pretty good deal. So I was like, yeah, this is nice. And man, driving them, I've never owned a Chevy. I've only been in one like once. And I was like, this is super nice. Well, about 50 miles of driving into it, it starts to have this weird thing where the check engine light will flash and you like feel the whole engine shaking and it feels like a consistent misfire. And so I was like, Hmm, this, this doesn't seem right. And so it did that like three times. And so I was like, okay, I checked the codes and it was like, yeah, it's missing on the fourth cylinder or whatever. So I I decided, I was like, well, I know it needs the spark plugs replaced. So I'll just go ahead and do that. And then it'll probably be a coil pack or something that's acting up and I'll fix that. No big deal. So I go ahead and replace the spark plugs and I forget, I added oil or something like that. And then I start it up and 
there's this loud ticking noise. At first I'm like, oh no, what'd I do? And I, cause I thought maybe something with the spark plugs cause I just replaced them. But as it turns out, I talked to some mechanics and all, and they're like, no, it's just coincidence. But apparently there's a problem that is on a lot of these, uh, not just Silverados, but on basically any Chevy made after 2007 that has this active fuel management uh, displacement on demand thing that basically turns your V8 into a V4 uh, to save on fuel, which apparently it doesn't really do. And it basically adds a bunch of moving parts that can go bad and do go bad. So that's what happened to my truck. And I verified it the other day, took off the valve cover, and sure enough, one of the lifters had collapsed, and I got a repair shop to quote me on how much it would cost, and they quoted me $4,000, um, <laughs> which is a lot. Oh, my goodness. And I don't plan Ooh. on doing that. but So, yeah, that's, that's what's up with my Chevy, which, I mean, according to the Internet and according to everyone I talked to, they're all like, oh, yeah, Chevy trucks are, their engines are solid. You're not going to break them. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> I have a Chevy Silverado. And mine is a 2006. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So I guess I just missed that. And, you know, I've talked to you about my truck and I'm like, I absolutely love it. It's incredible. You know, it hasn't really had any problems. And then, of course, you go and buy one. It happens to be one year after mine. And all of a sudden there's major problems with it. And, you know, I you told me how much you paid for it. and, And it's not like it was a ton, but it was a lot of money. Like, it was a lot of money. Yeah. Especially, like, that's your, that's the newest truck you've ever owned, right? It's, like, the newest vehicle that anyone in my family has owned. Yeah. So, it was kind of a big deal. It still is kind of a big deal. And, (laughs) you know, to have, to spend all that money just to find out that if you took it to a shop, it's going to be $4,000. But is that something you can repair yourself? Well, I mean, technically, yes. And it involves, like, tearing apart the whole engine. But, I mean, I've seen YouTube videos of how to do it. So, <laughs> and I, have a, I have a friend here who can help me out with it. So, I think that's what I'm going to do. And, and you are a pretty decent mechanic. I mean, you've worked on stuff basically your whole life. Like, ever since you've been able to turn a wrench, you have been. So, it's not like working on a car is new to you, which is really helpful in this situation the last car I took off the heads and tore apart the engine on was my uncle's car and it didn't really work out so well but that was also <laughs> that was like two years ago and it lasted for a little while so we'll just edit all that out we'll yeah. just make you look really great <laughs> oh man hey but you know you know my ford f-150 which still is driving right now has uh, 200 and almost 209,000 and I've had minimal issues with it and it's still driving even though you can feel the transmission is slipping and it's going it still drives at 208 so I'm kind of switching back to a Ford guy normally I would argue with you at this point but I'm not going to like that is awful what has happened to your truck so I'm, I'm not a, there's nothing I can argue about it's it's really unfortunate well, I guess I'll uh, say everything that's been going on with me then. Yeah, you got um, some sad news. So, you know, I had COVID, which yeah, I got got a little bit of heavy stuff. I think it'll be good to to talk it out because it's kind of kind of hit hard recently. Uh, just kind of going going through everything. But yeah, I had I had COVID, you know, two weeks ago, and that was the minor thing. And and then it was like a week after that, I found out. My grandpa, he had gone to the hospital, uh, got up, put on a ventilator, had uh, COVID and then pneumonia, 
and uh, it, it wasn't long after that. He wasn't he wasn't very healthy to begin with, um, and just didn't really you know he, they they were old both both he and my grandma they were both old and um, but he he passed away shortly after that. I I, I know the mortality rate with being on a ventilator is like 95%. It's almost a sure thing once you get put on a ventilator. Yeah, know, it's really bad. It's going to end. So that happened. And so <laughs> as we're processing that, my grandma was in the hospital at the same time. It, this is both on my dad's side. Uh, so my grandma and grandpa, both in the hospital at the same time. Uh, and then grandma, she had pneumonia and was quickly going downhill Um and you know she looked like she was going to recover a little bit, but uh, like kind of the worst part about all this, it's they weren't really letting people visit her at all. Um, so only like her kids, basically, they they weren't really letting grandkids and stuff go visit them. And so you know I I haven't really had a close relationship with my grandparents, but it's still. It's something I thought about. Like, they were getting older. Like, you, you know, you know it's going to happen. We're all going to die. Like, that's something I know. And so as they're growing up and watching them get older and, and older and kind of decline in health, I you start thinking about it. You start kind of preparing yourself for it. Like, it's going to happen eventually. You, you know that. And, again, I didn't have a great relationship with them. You know, tried quite a few times, too, and, and things just... There was some drama in the family and stuff and nothing worth getting into. You know, none, none of it matters now. And the saddest part is knowing that, like, that's it. I'm never going to have a great relationship with them. It's over. Like, the end. And, again, because I had thought about it kind of a decent amount, I wouldn't say a lot. It's not like I dwelled on it or anything. But, you know, in passing through life and hearing of people passing away, like, it would, I would always think about grandma and grandpa, like, at some point, that's going to happen. And I kind of thought I was mentally prepared for it. Like, again, there wasn't a great relationship there for for the most part. Like, incredible relationship when I was younger. But as I became more of an adult, there was there was some drama and stuff. And it was kind of a kind of a wedge in our relationship. And But it was just, I know I'm probably repeating a lot of these words, but I'm just, I guess I'm kind of processing it out loud even now to you. So thank you for listening. There's just something that, that really hit me. That like, wow, that's it. That's the end. That's it's over. And the whole family we've been over there cleaning up their house and, you know, getting things ready for you know, the estate sale and stuff. And they they have an adopted son, uh, who they adopted late in life and so he's seventeen now. And so uh, you know, I know that's really tough for him because they, they had him since I, I wanna say he was like eight months old or just right around a year, something like that. So, I mean, that's uh, that's his mom and dad, without a doubt. Like, that's his mom and dad. And so, you know, that's a tough situation on him. And there's just, there, there's so much to, to go through. And they had a lot of junk. Like, when I say junk, I mean, like, trash. Like, we threw away an entire trailer load. And there is still so much more to go through in the house. And grandma was one of those. Like, just personal stuff or, like? Or, like, actual junk? Like, actual junk. Like, yeah, just just actual junk. Just stuff that nobody needs to have for any reason ever. And my grandpa, he loved to collect scrap. You know, ever since I was a little kid. So this is their second or third house. can't remember. I, I think it's their second house. We'll just say it's their second house. 
but the house that I remember, you know, where I'd visit them and, you know, my childhood going to grandma and grandpa's, like he had this gigantic scrap mound that it would just grew and grew. It was like a scrap mountain. And, you know, I, I know he saved it for years and eventually he turned it all in and, you know, he got a lot of money out of it. And so he just never stopped, but he just kept collecting junk <laughs> and now there's a lot of junk and, you know, and there's still some things that happen that like are hard because there's still some hard feelings trying to help my grandma with some things. So like I'm a plumber by trade. That's what I know. And so, you know, I tried to help her with some plumbing stuff and she acted like she wanted my help. And then I found out later that she ended up going and hiring a plumbing company to do it. That wasn't me. And so that kind of hurt a little bit. Like I took some time out to, to try and help. And, you know, I wasn't asking her to pay me. I was going to do everything for, for free or just have her buy the parts and then do all the labor. And so, yeah, it was, it was kind of, kind of painful to hear that she went and paid a lot of money to a plumbing company for something that I was going to do for her. So she didn't have to do that. And, you know, but yeah, I, again, I, I really didn't think it would affect me as much as it did as, which I'm actually, I'm really glad that it is affecting me. I was honestly worried that it wouldn't bother me at all. Like it would just be no big deal. And so the fact that I am having this, these emotions and, you know, feeling like over the weekend, I was, I was just depressed. I was really depressed. Like Saturday, I didn't go outside at all. I, I just slept the entire day. Just felt like garbage. Just felt like I couldn't do anything. And then Sunday, I finally was like, okay, well, things have to get done. And so I did like the bare minimum. I, I had to go mow the lawn because I hadn't done it in a couple of weeks. And, you know, I had to go take the trash to the dump because it was getting to the point where it was almost overflowing. And so I did the bare minimum and then I just slept slept the rest of the day, didn't go to church, didn't do any of that. And yeah, it was just, it was weird. I, I really didn't know how to handle all of it. And I still don't like, there's still some of that, like that's resting there. And especially Labor Day, which was yesterday, I was over there all day helping clean. And yeah, I was just kind of seeing the house and seeing where they used to live and just knowing that all that's gone. Like it was it was really tough, and, you know, I know most of my family's dealing with it in different ways, and, you know, I feel really bad for my dad, um, you know, because that was his parents. They are both of his parents, and, you know, it's not like any of us are shocked that it happened. They were, they were getting old. Like, eventually it was going to happen, but it was just shocking that they both went at the same time. That was, you know, basically the same time. It was within a week of each other. Yeah. They both passed away. So yeah, that, that's definitely a lot to go through. Do you think that it could almost be worse because you didn't have a great relationship? No, because it wasn't from lack of trying. Oh, okay. Like I know how many times I, I tried to have a good relationship with them and, and repair things. And it, it wasn't me who was not wanting the good relationship. And because of that, it's not worse. I definitely know that. I know that I really did try, and that gives me a lot of peace and, and a lot of, okay, you know, if they didn't want to have a relationship with me, that's not my fault. It, it would it would be worse if I didn't have a good relationship, and it was because I didn't want to try. Were they saved? Yes. Yes, they were. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty confident when I can say that. There's a lot of evidence that would support that. And, you know, even in their older age, they were definitely uh, doing things for the Lord, and Seem to be Christians. I mean, from the best I can tell, and 
you know, growing up and stuff, it, they definitely seemed to have a, a good grasp of the gospel and understood how they were saved and why they were saved and all those things. So th- there's, there's hope in that as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that'll give a little bit of peace at least. Yes, definitely. Definitely being a Christian, I, I do have that, that hope there. And, you know, it's just, it's just sad. Like, I think that's the only thing I can say. Like, it, it's sad. I'll, I'll never have that, that great relationship. And, you know, some of my friends, they have great relationships with their grandpas and their grandpas have taught them, you know, how to work with tools and stuff. And, and I know that that was never grandpa's gift. He was never that handsy. And, but, you know, he, he never, he never really taught me too much. It was whenever we'd go over there, it was always just kind of, you know, being on the TV and occasionally we'd play card games and stuff, but we, we didn't do much together. And looking back on that, like that's, that's sad. That's really sad to me. And, you know, in my childhood, he was still a truck driver, so he was gone a lot even then. And so didn't, didn't see him much. And we, we lived in their house for, uh, I want to say it was a couple months and, you know, he was he was gone a decent amount. Like I have a, a lot of memories with my grandma, but I can't think of that many with my grandpa. So there's definitely to me a learning experience there that like those moments that you spend with people really, really matter. Like not being sucked into your vortex of a phone and you know not looking at the TVs around you, the screens or anything, but being present with that person and, and doing stuff with those people like that matters. And and there is a time to sit down and in front of a TV and you know watch a movie together or or whatever it is. I'm not I'm not saying that there's not that time for that. But man, those those times of sitting down and watching a movie do not speak the same volumes as doing something together or or learning something together or <laughs> teaching something <laughs> to that like person. Like actually connecting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the word I was looking for is that that connection that connection happens through connecting. It doesn't happen through just sitting around and, and watching TV. And man, that was most of my childhood at grandma's and grandpa's was just watching TV. And yeah, it's, it's really sad. Like I, I, I'm always jealous of those, those people who have those, you know, that great relationship with their grandpa. And they're like, yeah, grandpa taught me this and stuff like that. I've never had that. I've honestly never had that. And, you know, praise God, I've had that with dad. Like, Dad and I, we do stuff together. We go fishing together. And I mean, Dad is literally, I don't think I'm exaggerating, has taught me everything I know up until about two years ago. Like, <laughs> every single thing I know, especially when it comes down to working with my hands, I learned from Dad. Almost hands down. There was a pun there. <laughs> yeah, so there's just, there's just these lot of, a lot of emotions, a lot of thoughts that are just going through my head still that I'm still processing and... Yeah, I'm glad that I have you to, to talk this over with. And, man, it's just, it hurts in one sense knowing that there could have been something incredible there. And then it kind of hurts that, that it almost seems like they didn't, they didn't want that. And I, I, I don't know that that's what it was. They, they always said that they wanted it. They always said they wanted a great relationship with all their kids and uh, their grandkids and all that stuff. But there's just certain drama that was always created and that they tried to pull certain people into and tried to get people to take sides. And it was just at times tough to be into. And then there were moments that were great that we would all be together and we would put our differences aside and 
but it was just a constant struggle, I think is the word. And and now it's like that struggle is over and it's almost like I miss it. It's almost like now looking back, like, was that that important, you know, like the grudges and all that? Like, was it all that important? So some of them I can say yes definitely was but there are certainly other ones well it's true I don't I don't actually know all of it like I yeah I honestly don't know the relationship there so I'm just meaning more in general I'm definitely not yeah I'm definitely not going to get into all of it you know while the record button's going uh so that yeah there were some uh, some of them that I could say yes but there were definitely other ones that weren't as big of a deal that easily could have been put set aside but you know just thinking through all of it it's like even if those were set aside based on the pattern that had happened new ones would take their place very quickly yeah there would just be new things to to come through and so but it's it's over it's it's done like there's you know even if you miss them it's not like you can bring them back. And I'm not saying that I shouldn't miss them. I, I know that I should. And, and I do. And, and again, I'm glad that I do. I was, I was actually worried that I wouldn't. I was worried that I would just kind of have bitterness towards them. And, and I don't. And, and that's, I'm very thankful for that. I'm, I am thankful that there is, to a certain extent, there's, there's peace that, that it is over. And then there's sorrow that it is over. And so there's just all these mixed emotions. And I'm, I'm not, I know I'm not doing a good job of explaining all the emotions that I'm feeling because I'm still <laughs> processing all of it um, and still trying to figure out exactly what those emotions are. And I know it'll take It'll take some time. It always does. But I think this is the first time that I've had a close relative pass away. So it's it's strange. It's different. I've I've had friends pass away and stuff and yeah, it's it's kind of I can't say that this is easier or harder than that. It it all feels the same. <laughs> it's like they're gone. Like you just you know it. You can feel that they're gone. And especially being at their house and cleaning it up and just knowing like they're not coming back. And the more you clean out and get stuff out of the house, the more you realize like, wow, they like, that's it. It is, it is really done. It was really over. And yeah, I, I got one of my grandpa's jackets that, that fits me, which is kind of surprising to me. He must've been keeping it for a while. Cause yeah, he got, he got a little fat as he got older and, but yeah, one of them still still fits me, so that was cool. I'm glad glad to have that. But yeah, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a lot that I I wanted from them. You know, it was the stuff that they had. It was just stuff like that. You know, that will kind of remind me of them more often than not. Like through the winter, like you better believe that's that's a jacket I'm gonna be wearing. So that's cool. And, and I know it's just a jacket. I know it doesn't bring him back. It doesn't do any of that. All all it does is just allow me to to remember him. And but. I can do that without the jacket too. The jacket is just a physical reminder. That's all it is. So it's just a jacket. <laughs> does it kind of remind you of like how short life is? Yeah, it really does. I mean, it was very unexpected. Like again, to a certain extent, I've, you know, I've already said they were getting older. So that element was expected, but it was just very, very quick. It was like, I got told they were in the hospital and it seemed like the next minute that that was it. It was over. It just seemed way too fast. You know, even now in my mind, I'm like that, that week, 
I was like, well, where did that week go? Like it, it seemed like a day. That week seemed like a day. It was just there and then gone. Did you get to see them or was it, was it COVID so you couldn't see them? No, I couldn't, I couldn't see them. And maybe it sounds heartless, but I don't know that I'd want to see them that way. Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, like, you don't want your last impression to be, like, that. Yeah. See, now now I have mixed feelings on that. Like, would it be better to have that last memory of actually seeing them, you know, regardless of what state they were in? Or would it be better to, to have my last memory of, you know, the good times, the, you know, the, the last Thanksgiving we had where things were great and, you know, memories like that? Or, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that there's a right answer to that. <laughs> Yeah, there's just, there's a lot to unpack. And, and I, I mean that literally and <laughs> figuratively, like there, there is a, there's a lot to unpack. Again, it is, it is just strange to me, or I don't know, I'm saying words that <laughs> probably aren't, aren't the right words. So just take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt at the moment, but I, I can't think of the right words, but it is strange to me to a certain extent that I do have these feelings towards them uh, again just not always having a good relationship with them like I, I just I really didn't know what I'd feel I, I didn't know what to think and you know I've kind of played out in my mind before and I didn't I didn't like that I didn't have these feelings it was very just that eh, is what it is kind of but yeah it it changed changed a lot that's what I'm going through <laughs> yeah let's say it makes it makes like I'm I'm here like oh my truck's broken and then <laughs> it's like well yeah some people are going through a lot more than a truck being broken yeah it's it's true it it certainly puts life into perspective and and with that being said it's not to say that your truck situation doesn't matter because it does it does matter to you and it is something that is important to you and but I also know you, and I know it's not the most important thing to you. I know there are far, far greater important things in your life than, than your truck. Your truck is just a frustration right now. I don't know. It's actually kind of like, well, maybe I'll get to rebuild it and, you know, upgrade some parts in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> See, you always have a great attitude when it comes to that kind of stuff. Well, the way I always look at it is like, if having a bad attitude literally cannot help anything, so why have one? Yeah, it only makes things worse. It's something that maybe one day I'll learn, <laughs> but probably not. You tend to have a good attitude about things. It depends. In the moment, absolutely not. I have a really bad attitude towards a lot of things. <laughs> it, it takes me, you know, depending on the situation, it takes me uh, an hour or two or a week or two, just just depending on what it is. <laughs> But eventually I try to see the good things out of it, but it, it, it takes some time. I didn't mean for this episode to, uh, to become so heavy. Well, I guess I kind of did. I mean, <laughs> I needed to talk about it with you. I needed to, to get it out. So, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, there's nothing to apologize about. Thanks for listening. That's all I can say. It's the journey, right? So It, it is the journey. It is, it is part, of, part of this journey of life. It's just... The unexpected. Absolutely. No, th thanks again for listening. Thanks again for being there. And me being able to talk to you about this stuff, it, it really matters to me. It really matters a lot. You know, I don't, I don't have a lot of people that I can open up with this much. And yeah, just thanks, thanks for being my friend. Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs>
it's getting late for me, so. I would say, yeah, it's already, what, 10, 15 your time? Yep, I got a got an early day tomorrow, so I need to get going, but we'll talk soon. All right. Bye. <laughs>